We really push these students in a way that they're treated like professionals and they, they do professional work. They go up on stage, they do top right work, they work their hardest, they give it their all, and as a result, they just become better humans. They empathize more, they form real communities. I mean, it's, it's wonderful to see that professional mentality and growth. That's Matthew Nicola, the artistic director of the Highwood Theater. And this is Artworks, the weekly podcast produced at the National Endowment for the Arts. I'm Josephine Reed. Highwood is an educational theater in suburban Maryland that operates under two guiding principles. One, anyone can do theater. And two, theater builds community. Begun in 2004 by then high school student Kevin Kearney, Highwood started with performances in his parents' basement. From there, it grew, from a residence in a private school to an incorporated nonprofit educational theater company in downtown Silver Spring. Kevin is now its executive director, and Matt Nicola serves as the Highwood Theater's artistic director. Highwood has an ambitious agenda, and it delivers. It has student programming of all sorts, after-school classes in all aspects of theater, with the students regularly putting on full-fledged productions. It has a Shakespeare program for homeschool kids, and it brings in theater professionals to do mixed ensemble shows as well as run classes and workshops with the students. And it runs Highwood at School, a program that provides support to drama and theater teachers, as well as high-quality theater experiences to over 35 schools in the area. This program has been so successful that Montgomery County presented Highwood with an award for Distinguished Service for Public Education. Artistic Director Matt Nicola calls Highwood a one-stop shop for everything theatrical, but at its heart... The biggest principles just guiding everything of what we do is focusing on community, building community, providing a very welcoming environment where any student feels welcomed, where they can take risks, explore, and just try something new. I want to hear more about the philosophy, anyone can do theater. Yeah, I mean, the anyone can do theater philosophy is something that rings very true for the Highwood staff and people who are on site every day. Throughout all of our, our work and years working with students, one of the biggest things we've taken away is just how much growth students can have and students you wouldn't necessarily expect to be able to step on stage or try their hand at building a set or installing a light or programming lights for a show. They really gain something valuable out of their experience, and it's just amazing to see that transformative power. So the Anyone Can Do Theater mission and mindset really comes from seeing students who you wouldn't expect to enjoy and really benefit from a challenge, really growing from it. I just want to be clear. So we're also not talking about Anyone can do theater means anybody can play Tevion Fiddler mm-hmm. on the roof. Theater means it can be lighting, Absolutely. it can be costumes, it can be directing, Absolutely. it can be coaching, or it can be playing Tevion. Absolutely. Tevia. There's really a role for everybody. That's one of our other taglines is there's a role for everybody at Highwood, whether you're an actor, whether you're a techie, whether you prefer to write plays or teach. There's a capacity for you to be involved and stay involved in theater. We value creating well-rounded artists. Many of our actors also take some tech crew classes at some point or vice versa. We have a lot of students that sort of 
go through the ranks and eventually become teaching artists for us. There's many capacities for students and, and adults to be involved at Highwood, and we always find ways to make them involved. What's the age range? So we work with as young as kindergarten all the way through 12th grade. Wow. Wide range. And are they divided at all by ages, by grades? Depends on the program. So like our homeschool program is for first through eighth. For our productions, it depends on the show. Um, some have a very wide age range of fourth through 12th or third through 12th. Others are, are mainly just older. But the majority of our, our productions are open to fourth through 12th which is a wide age range. It's a very wide age range. How do you prevent or work against older students sort of sure. dominating well, productions absolutely. like that? And that's one aspect that is most unique to Highwood is the, the community-minded atmosphere and the very welcoming environment. It's not competitive. That's one thing that when you step into Highwood for the first time, you automatically feel. A lot of our programs, anybody who signs up is guaranteed a part. And you must have pretty big casts. We do. It depends on the eventually we have to cap, but we do have we do have big casts. And that's always the challenge is, is trying to find more and more ways to integrate huge volumes of, of people into the shows. But OK, now suppose you have a musical. I love musicals. Yep. I cannot sing. And I <laughs> sign up, but I want to be on that stage and throwing that chorus off. Oh, what do you do with me? You'd be surprised. Even even in shows where you wouldn't suspect to be a lot for people to do. So, for example, right now we have Sweeney Todd going on. We have a cast of 21 actors, third through 12th grade, actually third through Rising College. And wide range of ages. Some, this is literally their first ever show. Many, they've been doing this for their whole lives and the magic of it all is piecing all that together and pushing them to realize what they're capable of, even though they may not realize it. They end up really forming a family. It's a, it's a second family, and a lot of students that walk away say, Highwood is a second home to me. But what's interesting, Matt, is that I've read reviews of your shows, and they are uniformly glowing. <laughs> Thank you. Seriously, they're just completely over the top. Yeah. This one reviewer kept coming back and saying, it's just hard to believe that they're just students. It's, it's very, very hard to believe. But yet there are no auditions. So some productions are audition only. So that's mainly for our older student uh, productions in, in the past. So explain what that is. So, so we have so, sort of a few different tiers, so to speak. We okay. have sort of our regular after-school production, which is open to anybody. Anybody who okay. signs up is guaranteed a part. Those are the ones that tend to have the biggest numbers of cast members. And then we also have some that are um, special productions where we gather up students from different productions or different programs that are specifically invited to audition for it and they're cast if there's a role. And then um, we have our conservatory program. So that's for students who want that extra push. So um, with those, we tend to do more challenging. We do challenging material to begin with. Um, one of the, our philosophies is never to do junior shows at Highwood. Um, we really believe in substantial work and we believe that it's it's more beneficial to the students to provide them shows that they would be seeing anywhere else as opposed to watered-down versions of it. Yeah. Um, which, so with something like Sweeney Todd, for mm -hmm. example, which which tier is that? So that, that is our regular after-school show. So that's open to anybody. Far out. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Stephen Sondheim is not for the faint-hearted. Oh, no. But our kids love the challenge. They love pushing themselves, and they love – the accessibility of doing shows that they go and see on Broadway or go and see at their regional yeah, theaters. I no, mean, I was looking at your production list. Yeah. It's, it's very impressive. How many shows do you put on in one year? We, we do about 13 to 14 productions a year, which is a show a month, which is a lot. 
And but yeah, but on that front, um, it gives students the opt- many many opportunities to interact and engage with different types of material, mm-hmm. from Shakespeare all the way to contemporary musicals that they wouldn't have heard of otherwise. One of my most proud achievements was uh, we did a concert version of Follies, Stephen Sondheim's Follies. And going into it, I was like, okay, this is one of my favorite shows. I don't know how the kids are going to react to it. And by the end of it, those kids were hooked. And they, to this day, they still come up to us and say, when are we going to do a full production of Follies? That was one of my proudest achievements was, number one, introducing them to a show that people would normally associate with just adults or, okay, only adults can truly understand the feelings of loneliness or happiness or pride or success that the show talks about. But in actuality, I mean, these kids really connect with the material. If you present them the opportunity and the resources to understand and explore it, they'll they'll find a way to connect and they want to connect. Well, that's what, you know, we always maintain. Art makes people yeah. empathetic. Yeah. In a production at Highwood, mm-hmm. who directs? Is it the students or is it an adult? We mainly have adult, uh, sort of our, our core staff members direct throughout the year. We have some productions throughout the year that are directed by students. Um, those tend to be uh, smaller, special productions, sort of like the invitation-only ones we were talking about earlier. But most of them are directed by our, our staff members, our adult staff. And what about choreography? So we, we tend to attract a lot of Highwood graduates, so to speak, but also we pull a lot, a lot of our teaching artists are from the D.C. area, working professionals in many different capacities and shows and all that. It's extraordinary how much theater has grown in this area oh, it's amazing. in the past 20 years. And continues to grow. Yeah. Every, every day there's just a new theater company out there that I've never even heard of and I just learn about. And it's it's exciting. It's it's amazing, and and especially for an educational theater like Highwood to be in a very theater-active and theater-focused community, it's exciting. I mean, a lot yeah. of these kids know that. I mean, you may not end up performing on Broadway someday. I mean, that's sort of the pipe dream for everybody, but you can make it as a professional if you want to. And D.C. is is a great place for people who want to pursue the arts professionally. I mean, there's a lot of wonderful regional work out here. There's a lot of great educational theater, so there's no shortage of opportunities for theater people. When you describe Highwood as educational theater, am I right in assuming that that means you're offering classes as yes. well as productions? Yes. Okay. And and really the, the educational side is there's a training component in everything we do. Even in the productions, I mean, we, we bring artists down from New York or from the D.C. area to work with our, our students on master classes for particular shows. But we also really challenge our students. I know we worked with Erin um, Driscoll this past summer. She's from Signature Theater, and she's performed at a whole host of, of venues down here. She, she directed The Wedding Singer, which was part of our musical theater intensive, which is one of the many summer programs we offer. That's two weeks. They put on a full-length show. This was a two-and-a-half-hour show. They put on and put together in just two weeks. My God, it's like Project Runway. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's ambitious, and that's, that's part of the thrill. And she did an absolutely spectacular job, and it was magical seeing what these kids did. One of the things that she, she talked about and one of the things that re- reminded us why we do what we do is she was talking about how we really push these students in a way that they're treated like professionals, and they, they do professional work. They go up on stage. They do top-right work. They work their hardest. They give it their all, and as a result, they just become better humans. They empathize more. They form real communities. I mean, it's it's wonderful to see that professional mentality and growth in just even two weeks. And it just comes to show how just something like like doing a show for two weeks can change people and change experiences. You know, when I think about theater, 
the first two things that come to mind, and I'm sure there are more, and, I'm, oh, yeah. and I'd love to hear from you, but I think of first collaboration. Yes. It's everybody has to be doing oh, their boy. bit, and you can't be letting anybody down. But the second thing is, I know there has to be something about the live aspect of performance that, that's really appealing. And I'd love to have you speak to both and add whatever else I'm sure. missing. As in any theatrical venue or organization, collaboration is a must in every respect. And one of the areas that I feel like really attracts me to Highwood is the collaboration with students, welcoming their input and ideas on particular scenes. It makes a big difference in the rehearsal room where they feel like they're they're being treated like adults and they feel like that they are an integral part of the experience. And that's why I feel like the collaboration at Highwood is not just between our our wonderful staff members, but also with the the wonderful students, with the parents, with the families. It's really working together to produce an amazing theater experience, an amazing theater education. And live performance. Performing in front of an audience in real time, that has to have an impact. Yeah, I mean, the live aspect is, is also important. There have been many, many interesting and, and exciting mishaps and one of the more interesting experiences that has happened um, last year, we were directing West Side Story, or I was directing West Side Story, um, which is sort of like the pinnacle of, of anybody's directing experience. And we were, so that was actually a year-long program. Um, that year, we made it a year-long production, so the kids were rehearsing choreography, music, blocking, everything throughout the entire year. From That's a tough shift. Oh, oh, yeah. So we had 26 actors. We had 26 uh, student pit members as well. And, What's uh, a pit member? Uh, so pit orchestra, so playing the music live every wow. night. And with that, it's a similar similar situation as with our shows. So we have we had as young as third all the way through college age students playing music live. We we never I'm used just closing my mouth. Go ahead. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, it's a show of its own backstage. I can tell you that much. You never use canned music. Absolutely not. Nope, never. We all we always do live. It adds it adds that that extra layer of excitement to things, and I mean. The kids deserve a real, genuine theater experience, and honestly, Absolutely. theater is theater is not genuine unless you have live music. I completely agree. So, so yeah, with West Side Story, we were rehearsing great; everything was on track. And the week before our show was going to open, we had a very last-minute change in venue. This was literally the week before the show, and we have sixty-plus cast members and a show that was without a venue. And we had a week to get the show in a new venue. Rehearsing in a new environment, which was about as hard attack inducing of an experience as anybody could ever imagine. Which meant you had to reblock the show. Well, so we, we didn't have to oh. um, because we, we staged it in the round and the, the space we ended up being able to use last minute. Thank you again, Sienna School, for that wonderful opportunity. We were able to just transplant the blocking. The orchestra, which would have had a, an actual pit room in the previous venue, now had to be in two separate rooms, two completely separate rooms. And the only way they could communicate was by looking down the hallway and having uh, wireless headsets to communicate with each other. So you literally had a band split in half, unable to be in the same room to communicate, which was a challenge, but they they pulled it off. And the kids did an absolutely mind-blowing job, and it was as if nothing had ever happened. And that was the most amazing part of it was, even though the week before we were without a venue and everything was just sort of, okay, so what do we do? How do we, how do we manage this? It just spoke to, number one, the determination of young artists and people who love theater to make anything work, but also 
you can be creative. You can be creative with, with everything. And even if it's not exactly what you envision it to be, and you make it work. It makes it all the more special by the end because you've gone through it together and you've fixed it together. It's not just, okay, this is my problem. I have to solve it all on my own. We all stepped up. We all realized, okay, this is an extraordinary circumstance. Let's figure this out. Mm-hmm. And that was by far one of the most amazing theater experiences I've ever had on or off stage, which is pulling that off and also just delivering the same exact quality and professional of a show that we would have done if we had the original venue. If anything, there probably would have been even less of a of a raw sort of push to, to see things through to the end. So And raw certainly fits with West Side Story. Oh yeah. Okay, so with Sweeney Todd, that's one of the shows where whoever wants a part signs up. Yes. And then you're the director. Are you the one who then decides who gets what part? Or is that sort of done collaboratively as well? So the the casting process is collaborative. So, I mean, uh, with the shows where we welcome anybody, we, um, number one, don't have any auditions to get into the program. We have placement auditions the first day. So we welcome everybody. We get to know them a little bit. And the first rehearsal, we bring them in and we do some uh, placement work. So we have them read some scenes from the script. We have them sing a few bars from the, from the score if it's a musical. And from there, we cast. And then it's just sort of hit the ground running. I, I can't even begin to speak about how being on that end really teaches you a lot, <laughs> not only about people, but also just how much people oftentimes just underlook how much they're capable of doing. You know, I have always found people can do pretty much what you expect them to do. It's true. Yeah, I really do think it's true. And, you know, low expectations. Oh, yeah. Results not so good. Oh, yeah. Now, and one of the stories that I tell all the time and something that's carried over, one of our amazing students, Alana, who has gone on to be in, I think, she's only in seventh grade and she's done, I think, 13 shows with us which speaks to the dedication of our students. Back when she started with us, I think it was the the first year we were in Silver Spring in 2013, and first time she stepped out for the placement auditions, this was another um, regular after-school show where anybody who could sign up could do it, and it was for the uh, production of Spamalot. And she stepped out on stage, and she refused to sing a solo. This was for the audition. She didn't want to sing a solo. She only wanted to do dialogue. And we were like, okay, that's fine. We'll make it work. Along with our mission of anyone can do theater, we're very welcoming. We work with people with where they're at and are willing to make accommodations. So we allowed her not to sing a solo. But there was something about in her performance. There was a little bit of spark that we saw, a growing comfort of, okay, she made a, a slightly more interesting acting choice. She got more and more comfortable, and eventually she ended up getting lead roles. And now she is just the most dynamic young performer you would ever see. She sang um, Carlotta's song, I'm Still Here in Follies. And um, she she worked with Nick Blameyer, who came down and worked with the Follies cast, among other productions at the time. And he just remarked on how amazing it was how she just connected so much with that song as a seventh grader, when it's typically sung by somebody so much older than her. And it just spoke to, to how, number one, talented these students are, but also just how much they they really can do if they're just given the right environment and the right push. So they do the scenery, the costumes, yeah. the lighting, the yeah. sound design. So we have we have professional artists that sort of oversee it all. Yeah. Um, but they do it all. We have students that design the lights, design the sound, do the props, do the set, build the set. 
because I was in one of the reviews I was mm-hmm. reading. I think it was All My Sons. Oh, yes. Arthur Miller play, yes. not lightweight by any, no. any stretch of anyone's imagination. In this laudatory review, they really also talk about how brilliantly it was designed. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking, really? was this really designed by students? And then, you know, two paragraphs later, all done by students, he says. To this says. day, that remains one of my the most amazing designs I've I've ever seen, and especially just knowing the amount of thought and work that went into it on the students' Can end. Can you describe it a sure. little bit? So, I mean, All My Sons is set in the uh, backyard of the Keller's house, and one of the biggest things that we bring into the design room with all of our student designers and techies, and it's something that's very true, is don't shoot too far low. We want to hear your craziest ideas. So with All My Sons, the director of that show wanted to be a very authentic backyard experience. He wanted the audience to feel like they were sitting in the backyard with the Keller's watching all this unfold in real time. And we said, okay, we'll make that happen. So our our student designers uh, letting sound and set really focus on ways to mimic a real backyard experience. So with the lighting design, they specifically positioned the light so that it mimics sort of how the, the sun would rotate throughout the day and then fade. And we even gave some sunglasses to audience members because of that experience, because the way that the lights were designed, it would shine on their lights at some point. And with the set, it was the most realistic backyard experience. I mean, we had real dirt, rocks, uh, and a porch. You you literally felt like you were sitting in somebody else's backyard, which was unsettling, but so appropriate for that particular show. And it just, I mean, you're, you're on top of the actors. One aspect of our shows that we love at Highwood is Black Box Theater. Um, we, and describe what that is. So black box theater is non-traditional seating. So you can place the audience in the stage wherever you see fit rather than a, a traditional stage where there's a defined audience and defined stage. So like if you're going up to New York, a lot of those stages are, are traditional. Clear proscenium above the stage and then you have the separated audience. But with a lot of our shows, we, we tend to have audience and stage blurred a little bit um, where the actors can go a little more into the audience and, and vice versa to really make it a, an immersive experience. Because it's so much more interesting when you when you can take those creative risks rather than, okay, we have our traditional our traditional setup, let's let's do what everybody else has done. What's the point then? So yeah, with with our, our black box staging, we really try to take full advantage of every little nook and cranny and every little possible use of it. With all my sons, okay, where can we place all these rocks and actually create a, a real rock garden in, in the stage? Yeah, just just trying to find more and more ways to immerse audiences in the world of the plays and musicals and make them see it in a way they wouldn't normally see it. How many students does Highwood reach in a year? In Silver Spring alone, so sort of our our base, we work with, I would say, about 400, 500 students. And then in the community, at least 4,000, 5,000. And that incorporates all of our student outreach um, with schools, productions, classes, workshops, all those different types of things. And Highwood got a Distinguished Service Award from we Montgomery did. County. We did. Congratulations. Thank you. That was in- incredible recognition to receive. We got that back in 2017 for our work with Montgomery County Public Schools. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been amazing to sort of track the trajectory of Highwood to school. Starting out, we had just about three schools, and the next year it was seven, and then the demand was just amazing because the arts programs are just so underfunded and one of the most more interesting things about being on the ground working with such a wide range of teachers is seeing how resourceful they are as best they can be but also seeing where the needs are truly at and granted there's a lot of different needs and and different capacities but overarching just general production and technical needs that you you are just commonplace for a show 
schools just don't have. And that's the gap that Highwood has filled and we are thrilled to fill is really making school productions not just, okay, this is a school show because it doesn't have to be that way. And the teachers and the students don't view it like that. And we certainly don't. And our mission and our community mindset really translates well to that school setting of, okay, let's work together and let's make the best quality show we can do as a team. And we provide technical assistance, we provide production team members, we, we provide the full range of, of resources depending on what the school's needs are. We've done a number of, of special projects that have been funded through the county. So, for example, with Lorderman Middle School, which is the Performing Arts Magnet School, even though as the Magnet School, you'd think that they would have many performing arts resources at their disposal, like good quality sound and lighting, which you think for school that values dance and music and theater, they would have. Performance, yeah. Exactly. And, nothing. and Montgomery County is not exactly poor. No. And Lorderman was a great partner for, for the, the few years that we we were funded specifically for the Wheaton Arts Cultural Project. And for that, one year we did a production, a co-production of James and the Giant Peach Jr., which was a ton of fun. And for that, we had hundreds of students involved in the show from uh, the performance end all the way to the tech. We had different technical crew teams that designed and ran the show, um, stage managed and all that great stuff. And then we also bused 1,600 Wheaton Elementary School students to come and see it for free. That was the, the cherry on top of the experience. How big is your staff? We have about five or six core staff members, and then we also have a very long list of teaching artists that come in and work throughout the year in many different capacities. That includes choreographers, classroom teachers, vocal coaches, musical directors, accompanists, all that, all those great things. How did you get in this business? Sure. And I went to Johns Hopkins University in Baltimore. Where'd you study? I studied sociology and theater. Theater was in there. Oh, yeah. No, no. Theater has always been a huge, huge part of my life. Ever since I was a kid, I started volunteering at Highwood while I was still in college. And during that time, and I was managing our box office and studio events. And then eventually was getting more and more integrated into their year-round programming as they grew and then became artistic director officially in May 2015. And then I graduated from Johns Hopkins in December 2016. And then from then on out, I've been in Highwood full-time, directing, teaching, managing, all of it. <laughs> but I wouldn't give it up for anything. It doesn't sound like you would. So what are some of the challenges? Okay. Uh, challenges. Number one, space. We're in the midst of a, a major, major expansion, and, and uh, we'll actually be announcing our next location soon because we severely outgrew our last space with the amount of programming we have going on on a daily basis from classes to productions to rehearsals to everything. We just, we just didn't have the space we needed and uh, moving into next season, fortunately we will, um, which will make things a lot easier. And the other big challenge is time. With the volume of shows we do sometimes, it's how can we try to still get the most out of our experience in just a short amount of time we have? Because you obviously want to really focus on the show and putting on a, a top-notch show and making sure all the elements are together neatly, but at the same time trying to integrate the training components as much as you can physically and time-wise into things. I, I direct a large number of the shows of the year. So this season I directed Peter and the Starcatcher. Um, I directed, oh my gosh, Footloose, Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder, Sweeney Todd. So it's my... My directing uh, lineup this year was, was pretty jam-packed, but I learned a lot from each of those experiences, and each teaches you a different aspect. Honestly, directing has, has taught me the most of, of really anything. Managing large groups of people, managing tight deadlines, um, especially when you're directing multiple projects at once, 
and yeah, just trying to figure out ways to make the most of your time because there's so much you want to do even just beyond the show. There's so much character development and so much character discussion and world building work you want to do and there's there's just only so much time. So space and time. Exactly. Space and time. And what about the rewards? Oh, rewards. <sighs> By far the biggest reward is just seeing how these students grow, not only as performers, but as people, seeing them evolve from shy, slightly awkward, introverted students to confident, collaborative, passionate artists and people. If anything, we want students to walk away from a Highwood show or their Highwood experience just feeling more in touch with the people around them and feeling more in touch with their communities. And we want to produce socially responsible citizens where we can feel like they feel confident of contributing to the communities they have or contributing to whatever, really whatever facet of life that they end up in, just to feel empowered and just to see how in just one one show that can change somebody. It's, it's amazing. And then there's the reward of the feeling of, of putting on such a great show with a team of, of people who share that same investment. It's a very special and unique feeling, and especially at Highwood where you are surrounded by very passionate students and teachers and staff. It's it's a lot. It's overwhelming. It's an overwhelming joy and pride, and it just carries over into a lot of our work. And when people ask us, oh my God, how do you handle 12 shows or 13 shows? That's just the Highwood spirit. It's what you do, and it's what we enjoy, and it's what the students really want out of their time at Highwood. We are their second home, and they want to be challenged, and they want to dive into these shows because they want to learn, and we're happy to provide that. Okay, Matthew, thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming in, especially now when I know how busy you are. Thank you. (laughs) No, more than happy to. This has been great. Thank you. Thank you. That's Matt Nicola. He's artistic director of the Highwood Theater. You can find out more about Highwood at thehighwoodtheater.org. You've been listening to Artworks, produced at the National Endowment for the Arts. You can subscribe to Artworks wherever you get your podcasts, so please do. And leave us a rating on Apple, because it does help people to find us. For the National Endowment for the Arts, I'm Josephine Reed. Thanks for listening.